back to the A to Z podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Alec. And I'm Zach. And today we will be doing a spoiler discussion of Squid Game. But before we get into that, Zach, how have you been? I've been good. Had a pretty packed weekend. Uh, I went to OU Texas this weekend. So oh. yeah, that was fun. I had never been before in all the four years that I actually went to UT. So it was fun to finally go down or I guess up to Dallas and see the Cotton Bowl. And, you know, whenever that's happening, the state fair is also happening. So I also got to go to the state fair for the first time, which, yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience. We went to the game and of course the game didn't really go in UT's favor. We had a very strong start. And then in the second half, we kind of lost it and we ended up losing. So that was disappointing. And to add on to Mm -hmm. that, uh, me and Jordan, we both sat in the OU section with our friends, Robert and Drew. So... Uh, we were kind of on a, a roller coaster there. We were cheering and you know, we we're happy for UT, but we're in the OU section. So no one was really cheering for us. In fact, mm-hmm. some people were angry at us. <laughs> so that was kind of awkward. Oh, and wow. then when OU came back and won it, they were all like ecstatic, you know, jumping around, high-fiving each other, going crazy. And me and Jordan were Y'all just were standing like, there. Uh. <laughs> yeah, we're like, oh God, like it was just awkward. But yeah. you know, it was still a fun time. Uh, having never gone, it was cool to go and see the environment. I think next time, Definitely going to want to sit on the UT side, but, you know, it's whatever. But really after awesome, that, dude. yeah, yeah. After that, we went to the fair and the fair was kind of an up and down experience. It was very packed because the game had just let out. And this was an early morning game, too. It was like at 11 o'clock. And uh, the lines for concessions in the stadium were the longest I've ever seen. You know, they probably would have taken an hour just to go through the line to get like beer or water even. <laughs> so... We had been standing in the heat for hours, hadn't even drank any water. And we, we got out of the stadium. We we're like, we need water now. Like we felt super dehydrated. I felt like I was going to pass out like at any moment. So we had to go and wait in line for water. So that, take a, that took a while. We hadn't even eaten since like 7 a.m. So we had to go wait in line for food after that. And the food took like an hour to come out just because there were so many people at the fair who had just gotten out of the game and also just the regular people that had, go, that had gone just to see the fair in general. So that was kind of a fiasco, but... Once that was over, we were able to kind of walk around and do, you know, fun fair things. We did a couple rides. Uh, I got to have some authentic fried Oreos. So oh, those, authentic, authentic. Yeah, those are the ones that I've always heard you got to get the ones at the Texas State Fair. So I had those and they were really good. I, I mean, every every great thing people said about them was definitely true. So <laughs> but yeah, uh, it was a fun experience overall and came home on Sunday pretty tired. So I took, uh, I took Monday off in advance last week. I anticipated Good. I'd be pretty tired, and I was happy about that. <laughs> is, but, the, um, is the fair the thing that... Did they have the giant like cowboy guy? Yeah, yeah, Big Tex. And, Big Tex. Uh, <laughs> I, I've seen plenty of pictures of Big Tex. I'd never really seen him in person. Math textbook or like in a... <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I don't know, I like mean, in a social studies textbook? <laughs> he's, he's in everything, yeah. I'll probably... Yeah probably seen him on the cover of like texas history textbook you know maybe on a few pages too so i mean and i've seen plenty of people posing with him every year the state fair comes around and it was cool to finally see him apparently he talks i I didn't float or like a statue like he's he's like a statue i don't think he was necessarily blown up don't quote me on this because i didn't really get close enough or stick around long enough to you know figure it out but i think he was a statue i don't really know but I, th- I heard that he also talks, so he's kind of like an automatron or whatever you call it. Yeah. And uh, I didn't stick around long enough either to hear him talk. So I Sounds guess maybe creepy. next time. I know it does sound creepy, but maybe next time I'll, I'll have to stick around and hear that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah, I need to check that out sometime. 
Yeah. One, one day, one year, some, sometime I'll, I'll go do that. <laughs> yep. As Texans, I guess it's our obligation to do it at least once. <laughs> um, but with me, I've been, I've been pretty busy, dude. Um, with, uh, I've been substituting school. So that's been, mm-hmm. I'd wake up early and then go to school and do that. It's been pretty nice to just like kind of be doing things. Um, but I, I've been working with the marching band for a while now though. And we've been getting a lot of really good work done and they've been doing really well at their competitions. So good for them. I'm excited for, for all that stuff that we're doing there. But um, this past Friday, I got my last birthday present kind of thing. Ah. And because I was waiting because this new game came, came out, Metroid Dread. Mm-hmm. And um, I was waiting for it to come out that following Friday. So this past weekend, I just been playing that. Nice. Even up to like now. And so just a funny story is that um, I wanted to pre-order the game, but I got the pre-order from Walmart because Walmart had like a coffee mug with like a Metroid logo and stuff on it that comes with the pre-order. Okay. So I thought it was super cool. Like, okay, a mug, I drink coffee, it's fine. Because I wanted the special edition, but I couldn't get the special edition because it was already sold out. And now if I want it, it's like over 200 something bucks. Oh man. So that wasn't going to happen. But it finally comes in everything the game and the coffee mug but i don't know fedex or whatever the shipping thing they didn't pack it right and the little like handle from the cup was broken when it uh came in (laughs) oh man i know so i was like dang it so we had to like call the walmart and like try to figure it out but hopefully tomorrow they're supposed to be sending me a new mug maybe i don't know how they have all these extra metroid mugs in stock but they do i guess so getting a new mug hopefully Good. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, yeah I know. That's the only reason why I pre-ordered from Walmart. I would have pre-ordered anywhere else. I think like Best Buy had like keychains or something, but mm-hmm. <laughs> so I wanted to get something for my pre-order. Yeah, um, fair enough. But the coffee mug was pretty cool, I think. It goes with my uh, Monster Hunter one. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, dude, this game is so fun. Like, this is like top 10 favorite games right now. <laughs> really? Yeah, dude, this game is awesome. And I don't know if you like side-scrolling Metro, Metrovania games. And I'm not like a fan of like the indie ones, like Hollow Knight and stuff like that. Like I played them, but I couldn't really get into them. Um, yeah. But like this game, it took me about 10 hours and 50 minutes to beat my first playthrough. And um, with Metroid games, like side-scrolling Metroid games, um, they do a lot of people do a lot of speed runs on them. Like it's like part of their uh, appeal. And so at the very end of the game, it tells you like your like mission complete time, right? Like how long it took you to beat it. And I finally got my time up to three hours and two minutes. <laughs> so That's I can impressive. Beat the, I can beat the game in three hours and two minutes. Um, because there's a thing called sequence breaking where you can like break up the sequence of the game. Like the game kind of makes you follow a certain path, right? But you can get items earlier and skip bosses and do certain things. And people have mm. been finding them out. I've been like watching YouTube videos of other speedrunners and trying to do all these really crazy tricks so I could like uh, get through the game faster. Because the game rewards you for beating the game sooner um you get all these like extra like concept art if you beat the game um within under four hours on normal okay. modes so like in normal mode you have to beat the game under eight hours you get a certain amount if you beat it under four hours you get a certain amount then on hard mode if you beat it under eight hours you get a certain amount and then on four hours a certain amount and i beat the game on hard mode um my fastest time is hard mode three hours and two minutes so i'm pretty sure i could do it faster on normal mode but i haven't tried it yet mm-hmm. so i'm pretty proud of myself i beat the game like six times already. <laughs> <laughs> running through it it's just so fun it's just like a fun game to like play through yeah i mean yeah. i'll have to check it out i mean my only uh metroid experience is with 
the Metroid, Metroid on Prime. the GameCube. Yeah, Metroid Prime. And yeah. we always talk about that ice level. I could never get through it. Yeah. And <laughs> I think the last time I played that game was in like eighth grade and I just put it down. I was so frustrated. And I haven't touched it since. <laughs> yeah. Um, it Because it, it tries to mimic like those old Metroid games where you have to go back and forth to find things. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a little bit more tedious in a first person game because you have yeah. to like, like it feels like you're actually walking back and forth instead of it like zipping across the screen. Right. But yeah. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun with that, but I've also been watching a lot of Squid Game. Caught, caught up. I caught up last night. I literally finished. Good. I watched four episodes last night, so we could talk about it today. Good, good. But yeah, so let's get right into things. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> um. Anyway, first thing off the bat is it's in another language, right? Yes. And I don't really watch a lot of like international live action shows. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes like I don't even watch anime that often, if not like at all, really. So, and you know, most people watch the sub, right? You never people talk about the dub is you don't watch the dub. Mm-hmm. I mean, some animes have really good voice actors, but typically p- people like to listen to like the original interpretation of what the characters are trying to portray, right? Right. And this this goes the same way, but with live action, it's like just really awesome to like watch something that's different. Like they're speaking different, they're acting different. It's just a whole different like way to do things, mm-hmm. and um, I just found that really interesting to watch, and it was really nice. And it kind of reminded me of the Shang Chi stuff, where you know they would speak Chinese every now and then, and it just kind of like worked with the authenticity of like um, the the piece or the work that we were watching, right? Right. Um, and I think that that helps. And for this, I mean, it's obviously it's Korean, so it's going to be in Korean, but. I just appreciated the the fact that it was all in that language. And then even when a, a different character like Ollie, he was speaking his native language when he was talking to people from uh, like his wife. Right. So that also made it more um, immersive. Right. Because of course, like I, like I feel like if this was an American show, he would have went to go speak English to his wife. Right. He wouldn't have just spoke his native language. Typically. I think, I think mm-hmm. more now. So we're kind of leaning toward that way. Like in Shang-Chi where like, of course they're going to speak Chinese. Why, 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 why wouldn't they? Right. Right. And cause that breaks immersion if they just keep speaking English. And so the fact that even here, this Korean show, they were speaking Korean the most of the time. And then when there was American people, they would speak English and then he was speaking his language. So I thought that was really awesome. Like it was just really cool to watch. And it was really immersive. Like this is like real life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agreed. And it, it is cool because, uh, like you talk about, you know, sub versus dub in animes and normally I'll watch the dub in an anime. I don't really care too much about like sub versus dub. You can kind of hear a difference in acting. That's why people do like the sub, you know, mm-hmm. they say that there's more emotion in the voice acting and they just want to have that original experience because all Japanese anime is originally in Japanese, obviously. Uh, but with something that's live action, I always watch the sub because you know, you're seeing these actors act in front of you. Like the people that mm-hmm. fill the roles, they're acting in the live action. And whenever I hear like a dub over, you know, it just doesn't sound right. Uh, anytime they try to convey emotion, it's just not the same impact or the same emotion even that is being conveyed as if, you know, if you're watching the live action and the actual mm-hmm. Korean in this case is, is spoken, it, it, the impact is just so much more. And mm-hmm. I thought it was great. I never had a problem watching this show in Korean at all. Uh, Mm -hmm. some people are annoyed by you know reading the subtitles and then having to like alternate between looking down at the subtitles and then looking back at the people's faces but frankly whenever i watch anything i watch it with subtitles Mm -hmm. (laughs) so so it's not even that big of a deal yeah yeah i feel like i'm pretty well prepared to to watch foreign movies or foreign shows like this 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought that, you know, the acting, you get to see the acting in full force. You get to hear the emotion in the characters' voices. It makes the big moments like pop more and uh, you just get to feel what the characters are feeling more so, I think, than you would if you were just watching the dub. And I can't, yeah, sure. I, haven't, I haven't watched the dub of this show. I've heard some pretty bad things about it. And some people have even come on record saying that uh, if you watch the dub, you actually lose a little bit of the dialogue, like the impact and the, the meaning mm-hmm. behind some of the words spoken. Some of them are like cut short or not given enough emphasis in the dub. And they recommend that if you don't speak Korean, obviously, you know, if you spoke Korean and you could watch it in Korean without the subtitles because you just understand the language, you would get the best mm-hmm. experience. But if you can't do that, they say definitely watch it with subtitles in Korean. Uh, and that's the experience I had. And I thought mm-hmm. it was great. Like I said, no issue with it. And it, it really satisfied me as a, as a watching it like that. Yeah, for sure. Because um, it's just that, I mean, it's just like regular acting, right? They're face to face. They can see each other like their other acting mates or whatever mm-hmm. and go out there and just, you know, have those emotional moments. And you don't have that with the dub because it's just someone reading off a line like we talked about. Right. You never could. I mean, the dub is basically set up to fail in that aspect because yeah. they're just sitting in a studio. They're not there, like you said, face to face. And there, there is, a you know, whenever uh, the actors are in an emotional scene, they have to, like, convey the emotion through their, their faces. So, of course, it's going to come out in their voices, too. That's just acting, mm-hmm. right? No yeah. way could a dub in a studio ever compare to that. Yeah. So, I think it was great to watch it subbed. And I've, I've haven't really had much experience, you know, watching live action subbed in the past either. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Back in the day, you know, there's, like, the original Godzilla movies that were made back in, like, the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. Whenever I was like 10, I watched a ton of those Godzilla movies. And back then, I didn't really care, you know, sub versus dub. I was just a kid. I was like, I just want to watch this in English. So I ended up watching all those dubbed. But even as a kid, it kind of like messed with my head seeing them speaking Japanese and, you know, all the actors, their their lips are lining up with the Japanese. But then you hear English over it and you see some awkward moments where like the actors keep speaking and there's no dialogue or even in, you know, we, we were talking earlier about uh, it would be awkward if like in this dub, if uh, you saw like the character's mouths stop moving and then you heard like the English dialogue continue. There were some mm-hmm. cases whenever I watched the old Godzilla movies that that did happen. So uh, as a 10 year old kid, I didn't care much. But, you know, now I definitely don't want to watch something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so it throws uh, you off. It does right? throw you off for sure. In terms of like immersion, like you're trying to watch a show and kind of try to get into it and see what's going on and like mm-hmm. you see something silly like that happen you're like what the heck (laughs) yeah especially if it's during like a real serious scene like there's a lot Mm -hmm. of death a lot of sorrow in this show and you don't want that to get in 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 the way of your you feeling these emotions the show wants you to feel Mm -hmm. um well anyway let's go let's go into the plot of that like how deep it is right Mm -hmm. um in terms of like the motivation right for all these different characters like they're all in like like the right like they're like the lowest point of all of their lives and it really sucks like the second episode like they they all come home right and you realize that you know it they're better off trying to win money and dying than being out in the street and dying here you know like either way they're like not gonna make it they're either gonna make it starving poor and like beat up you know basically be tortured basically like just suffering or they could just like end it all and try to win money for it and that's pretty like hard to think about, like, because they just can't. They just watched all these other people, you know, in the first game, right? Like, just die before their eyes. And so the fact that they just said, you know what, let's just go back and try it again. Like, that's 
pretty like it's just sad like really depressing to think about that's like where those people are like i can't imagine being that low you know yeah at that point of desperation where you you know that you know your chances aren't great to win and it's it's pretty much inferred even before the first game there's only going to be like one winner they might think oh maybe there's going to be multiple but they kind of know there's only going to be one winner uh and then they know now the consequences of losing is is death, like literal death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> During red light, green light, they were so stunned in the first few deaths and then they kept playing. And I think like half of their numbers were wiped out. Mm-hmm. And it's shocking to me too that, uh, you know, they, they ended up having a vote. And the way I, I thought the vote would go down was I thought that they would vote to stay in the game. We all kind mm-hmm. of expected that, I think. That's what I thought, yeah. Uh huh. And then the final vote is the old man. And then with the old man coming up to vote, I I, I was watching with Kaylin. I was I I looked over her and I said, you know, he's going to vote yes, of course, because you saw how much fun he was having during red light, green light. He was mm-hmm. like the only one that wasn't shocked by the death or horrified by it. He was like, and he tells Gihun too, the main character, that he has a tumor in his head, so uh, he's going to die anyway. We know that before even the death game begins, as we know it. Mm-hmm. but he sees all the death and he's like i don't really care he's like i based on the look on his face you can just tell he's thinking i haven't had this much fun in years right mm-hmm. so it's it was shocking to me that whenever it came down to just him to decide if they were going to stay or leave he voted no and we could definitely get into that a little bit later in the podcast because i have some theories on that you know mm-hmm. and there's more to the old man's character that's revealed later on but we won't get into that yet yeah uh, but, but you I th- know i think knowing that in the in the back of your mind now and uh-huh. kind of like reminiscing about it you kind of see why he would yeah exactly would something like that and it makes a lot more sense after you watch the entire show but anyway mm-hmm. you know they go back into the real world and it is brutal you see them just at the lowest of low even lower than they were before they initially accepted the game not knowing mm-hmm. what it was and uh now that they know they have a way out it's not you know the best way out but they know that there is a, a way. way yeah they have uh-huh. a- the trajectory they can go follow now right they're so desperate they know that there's a way they can turn it around it didn't really surprise me that all of them well not all of them i think like 183 out of 200 and something ended up coming back like 212 i mean those aren't mm-hmm. exact numbers but something like that ended up coming back and uh it was like a 90 something percent uh, return rate it didn't really shock me honestly yeah. um i i i remember when i first watched the second episode i didn't really like it that much because i was like I mean, why are you taking a whole episode to get them out of the game mm-hmm. just to go back to the game, right? Yeah. Like, I want to see more of that. But then, you know, now I kind of, it, it, it's, this always happens when I watch a TV show. Like, we watch a series or whatever online, I always have something like this that happens where, like, I didn't like this episode, but then, like, as I watch the entire thing, it all kind of, like, it, they, the director or the writers do a really good job of circling it back, right? Right. Um. So, but initially, I just didn't like it, so I was like, why are we coming out of here? But then you come to realize that, like, you know, like you said, it the, before they were in a pretty bad spot, but then every single one of the main characters, they come back and they're like even in a worse spot, right? Mm. Um, like Ali has this, he talks to his wife that has a thing like that falling out with his boss trying to get the money from him or whatever. And then, um, Gihun, he has a, his, uh, mom has diabetes and has to get like her leg amputated, right? Yeah. And this is like after he found out he can't keep his daughter and his daughter's about to go to America. Mm-hmm. And then Sung Woo, he like is just now getting like his about to get arrested for all the like fraudulent stuff I guess he was doing and he needed uh he had to sell his mom's shop and hasn't told his mom that yet and he was been hiding that. So like now that's starting to come, you know, bite him in the butt. So that there's all this like stuff that happens when they get back. They're like, okay, well, there's a new motivation to go back. 
Mm. And I, I appreciate that how it was like, okay, like, like, look, your, your life is worse than you think it is. And this is the only way out that you have is to play this life or death game. Yeah. And that yeah. made it very believable that they would go back because mm-hmm. I was even talking about this show with a couple of my coworkers and the, the one guy that I was talking with, he just couldn't believe that they would come back. He's like, why would you come back when you know you could possibly die? But like I said, I wasn't that surprised. And it, the, the reason I wasn't surprised was because of how good of a job the show did in convincing you that really these people felt like they had no other alternative. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I thought that was pretty great. Yeah. Um, but the games were like, I, didn't, I guess they were ch- children games. I didn't know what a squid game was. I thought this, I thought squid game <laughs> was like, um, like the, the squid game was just a general term for all the like playground games or something. Mm, <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what I initially thought until like, like the last episode. I know they like explained at the beginning because they were playing the squid game, right? Right. Like, at the very like, the beginning digit- of the entire show. But I didn't really, I didn't really understand what was going on until yeah, yeah. the very, very end. Um, but the games were interesting. The the one I didn't really get though, I mean, I guess this is a little further is the the one with the tempered glass and stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't see how that was a playground game. That was just like a, yeah, a, I, I took some, like a thing. I took some issue with that because you know, in in the reveal at the end, uh, the the we won't talk about it too much yet. But the perpetrator of the entire game says that you know he always had the most fun playing games as a child with his friends, and he wanted to like recreate that in like a sick twisted way, right? But he wanted to recreate mm-hmm. that because of that purpose. And, uh, yeah, the tempered glass thing, especially, you know, it's on like a, a big platform where you just fall to your death if you're wrong. That's not in any game I remember. <laughs> and yeah, I don't, I don't think this, this characters, cause obviously some of the games they played over there in South Korea were different. Like maybe the squid game is a game that is played over there. We just don't know about it because we never played it here, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that no, uh, country plays a game like that. <laughs> like oh, you, you jump know. on what, which is the fake glass. Like, I don't. <laughs> I, mean, I mean cut myself with glass well, yeah know, like not only would so that weird. be expensive to set up but that's just impractical and yeah. really hazardous so yeah so that, that was the only game that was weird yeah like, that was strange I, maybe that was because it was like coming down to the final 16 they had to do something intense but it kind of broke yeah, the principle of the game so i didn't really yeah. like it as much yeah but that's what the vips were there and everything but like, right at that point i don't know it was just it got, it got weird after that <laughs> yeah i agree i agree yeah it got kind of weird um Oh yeah, and initially though, at the beginning, I was I was getting kind of suspicious because there was like the detective guy who was like trying to find his brother, right? Mm-hmm. And he decides to like infiltrate the the game. And I was like, I hope this doesn't become like a side story detective project. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't really like shows like that where they like shoehorn some like detective stuff in it when it's mm-hmm. not really about that. Like I was just hoping it would just focus on this like battle royale kind of thing you know that's what i was going in for yeah um, but it wasn't it wasn't too overwhelming though and it, it didn't because it didn't feel like he was like trying to do detective work it felt like he was like trapped and he was just trying to like get by right mm. um and that's how i kind of felt with it it wasn't just like i mean he was getting information right gaining information as he was going and it was like kind of going back to him but it, i don't think it was ever overtaking the central plot of the show with no. the rest of the main cast yeah, it was all done very well, very subtly. It was just presented as like a, a small backstory that we're always reminded that he's there. And we have these intense moments too where he's like taking part in surveying the game or there, there was the one part where he goes to kind of clean up the dead after mm-hmm. uh, the cookie game. And then you, you just get the, the feeling that he's in way over his head ever since he like sets foot on the island basically. Or mm-hmm. even 
whenever he first uh, goes underneath the car to get taken onto the boat going to the island. He doesn't know what's going on. All he wants to do is find his brother, and he's just trying his best to fit in any way he can. And the way they did it was really good because it wasn't like detective work or anything. It was like a thrill ride. Like, yeah, it was like, it was almost like, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, you play those games like I can't remember. Uh, was it Outlast, the game we, we played way back yeah. when, where all you can do is hide, you know, you're just trying to hide, trying to blend in so that you don't get killed. And that's kind of what this guy was doing. So instead of being like a detective, you know, mystery solving thing, it was more of like a thriller, uh, his mm-hmm. little side plot. So I enjoyed that part. Yeah. I appreciated that. Mm. Um, but he never talked to the main cast at all. Right. When he was there. I mean, he kind of like that. There was a moment where he like looks at Gihun or whatever. Yeah. He um, just asked him about his brother, basically. And yeah, that's yeah. really it. But he was he was cloaked. He had his little mask and everything on. So. Right. But he doesn't ever interact with the main cast. I don't think. Right. I don't know. I don't remember I don't, any I don't, instance I don't remember where that. he does. So it's basically he just, just his, his plot is very isolated from the yeah. central plot. Um, and I like, and I like that, but then I, like, I kind of wish there was like some sort of like something where they see each other eventually. Right. I mm-hmm. don't know. Maybe at the, like the very end, but I mean, I, does, does his thing get resolved at all? I know he like That's a thing. Uh, it's like with, ambiguous, right? They like have that one scene it's, where they look at each other. It's very ambiguous. Because, uh, you know, he goes snooping around in the front man's office because he's trying to find uh, any record of his brother being on the island. And he goes through, like, the list of winners. I'm pretty sure he finds out that his brother was a winner in a past game. And mm-hmm. once he finds that out, I, I basically predict like, okay. that his brother is the front man, you know? I, I like, predicted that, like, way before that, though. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, like, dude, his brother's going to be the guy. Uh, the guy <laughs> there's little hints too uh just cinematic hints nothing that really yeah. like tells you in your face but you kind of know that that's his brother mm-hmm. so in their in their confrontation where he's like running away he has the evidence he's on the cliff and his brother like takes his mask off and he's like what why you know and then his brother shoots him you can see that his brother's obviously very distraught at shooting him and since his brother is a front man you can also imply that that's his job you know he can't allow an intruder to leave the island he's also got all of his cronies behind him so what else can he do other than shoot his brother but he shoots him in like the shoulder and then his brother falls off the cliff so it's a very ambiguous death for the detective that gets shot i'm i'm thinking he's gonna come back in season two no they they Uh, see each other later they do yeah there's a scene i like uh in the last episode or either that or that episode where he gets shot where he takes him like he he got his brother back and they're like he's like in the in the room somewhere and they're like looking at each other in the eyes and he says something to him i forget what he says um but they're just like staring at each other and that's like the last thing i remember there's not any closure or something to that it's just like them looking at each other and he's like behind some like cell wall or something like some glass something i missed that i don't know if you missed that yeah yeah that's (laughs) that's like somewhere in the end somewhere i remember seeing that but i think that happens after because he already has the face reveal they're looking at each other both face to face yeah, and, and that makes sense, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a very convincing death. Anytime that uh, a significant character gets shot or, you know, gets pushed off a cliff and it's like an off-screen death, you just know that there's something else going on. And the same is to be said with the old man. Because uh, mm-hmm. uh, we'll talk more about the Marvel episode, I'm sure. But at the end of the Marvel episode, the old man is quote-unquote killed, but the death happens off-camera, off-screen. Yeah. And you know, it's a very sad time and, you know, Kaylin was like teary eyed, mostly because of the two mm. girls and because of Ali, but also yeah. because the old man, it really is emotional what he says to Gihun leading up to his uh, supposed death. But as soon as he was walking away and I heard the gunshot and it wasn't shown on camera, I was like, 
the old man is definitely in on this. Like the old man is now super mm-hmm. suspicious in my head because we we're we're well seasoned at watching shows. We're, you know, yeah. we've seen a lot of movies and shows. We know all the indicators. And if there's an off-screen death of a significant character, you know something else is going on. Mm-hmm. So uh, with the detective, I also knew that he was probably going to come back, and I guess he does come back. Yeah, so I guess that's like some some slight closure, more more closure than I thought I got at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, I since you didn't see that, normally you see things I don't see, so I'm not yeah. sure if I'm, I'm seeing things right. But I I'm pretty sure I remember seeing that somewhere at the, at the end. Uh-huh. Um, that's why I was going to ask you, like, did I did I see that for sure? Like, did he get closure? Was there more after that that I don't remember? Uh-huh. But I remember seeing that, so. Maybe you can go and check. Um, yeah. But they, I, I remember there's a face-to-face scene because he got shot during the face reveal. And I know there's a scene where both of them are staring face, face-to-face in like a, like a yellowish colored, yellow lit room or whatever. And mm-hmm. he's like behind some panel. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll yeah, definitely have to so go that, back that and, and watch that. I don't know how I missed that, but hey, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it happens. <laughs> um. But something that I thought was weird, though, like they do have that whole thing where they go back right to the real world before they go back to the game originally. Mm-hmm. And um, it took them like the whole season before they like followed up with any of the home characters. And I yeah. kind of like I kind of bugged me a little bit that, that it took that long. I guess it made sense, like in terms of like the, the story progression. But that was also part of why I didn't like the fact that they went home. It's like, why are you introducing all this extra drama when it's not going to be resolved? Like it's just in the back of your mind. Maybe that was the point, right? Like, like now you know all the stakes that everything is having for all these games that they're playing. So maybe yeah. that was the thing going on. Maybe. <laughs> I think that that definitely was the thing. Because you, you want to know why these characters are fighting so hard to win. Uh, mm-hmm. and, it, and the show would be very shallow if you just thought they were fighting for their own selfish gain or just on yeah. primal instinct. The show does a really good job of showing the very emotional... Uh, backstories and motivators for all the characters Mm -hmm. so yeah i I actually liked that it didn't really go back to the at home scenes at all because Mm -hmm. the characters don't see their family they they don't have any contact with them but they carry with them like the motivators the the memory of their family what they're fighting for so as the audience you're also carrying that in the back of your head too Mm -hmm. whenever you see each of the characters like you're remembering oh gi hoon is doing this for his mom and for his daughter like song woo is doing this to escape his debt and ali is doing this for his family and his unborn child right so I, I like that it didn't go like a parallel back and forth because it would have slowed down the plot in the game, yeah. which as the episodes, you know, continue through after the second episode, it gets much more intense and in your face. Yeah. And I feel like a break back to, you know, what's happening at home would kind of ruin that. Mm-hmm. Um, but even with that, though, I felt like the last few episodes were kind of like it felt kind of rushy to me. Mm. I don't know if I felt the same way to you. It's just like it was like they were kind of gradually killing off people. And then it was like, OK, one episode, literally everybody said. <laughs> Yeah, and that's another issue I had with the uh, tempered glass thing. Yeah, it was so because, easy to kill people. <laughs> yeah, right. Like that—that that whole game was set up specifically to almost kill all of them. Like, I—I I guess that was the intent of that game. There were sixteen people left, and I kind—we're—we're we're getting into like the final, you know, countdown basically. So on one hand, it's good, you know, but uh, let's see, thirteen people died in that game out of 16 lefts there was only three and then you have uh the girl die you know because of some stupid thing that happened at the end of that game where all the glass exploded and it like impaled her and then i guess song Wu goes to finish the job so that's a significant scene because then it adds like fire to gi hoon to fight mm-hmm. song Wu in like the final showdown which up till this point gi hoon uh you made a very good point saying that he really hadn't killed anybody 
Mm-hmm. I saw that in your notes. Uh, yeah, up until that point, Gihun has kind of been like a bystander almost. He's he's kind of played a little bit far back from the rest, not really aggressive, but still, you know, on the side of his uh, his team. And he hasn't mm-hmm. really done anything too crazy. He did kind of like sentence the old man to death by winning and kind of tricking him, but he doesn't do it in like a an angry way, right? So it's kind of cool to see him all fired up for the final battle. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, the, the end did feel a little bit rushed, I would agree, because we, we kind of go from the, the game with the tempered glass to the end, and the, the fight only lasts like five minutes, and then Gihun is the winner. But I did mm-hmm. like how after he does win, it slows it down a lot whenever he gets back out into the world. Yeah, uh, that, I think that last episode was really great. Just I like, thought it was awesome as a as a good final episode, and I, I like I appreciated how it like, um, it kind of jumped time a little bit, right? It didn't mm-hmm. like it wasn't immediately after the fact. Like you, you got a little bit of that, but then you got to see like what he was doing with the money, which was nothing. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Until Damn, a little it was bit just after blood that. money, basically. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would feel I don't know, like because he could pay off his debt, but then it's like. I don't like it. I don't feel right. But then I guess he starts to he remembers to give back to the people that you know were lost, right? Mm-hmm. And he does his best, but we'll get more into that in a second. Yes, yes. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, the uh, like I remember you telling me about the American people coming in. With, I guess the <laughs> yeah. VIPs, right? Yeah, and they're just and they're just they're Amer like the way they're they're like their dialogue was written was just like so awkward and like choppy, right? Uh-huh. And it just sounded so weird, but it was like so funny the way they were saying those. They're like, "Oh, ha ha ha! You are such a uh, whatever, like blah blah blah." Like they're so like, like I don't know, out there <laughs> with everything that they're saying. I don't know. Yeah, it. Can I get it, another scotch, please? It, it felt like. I mean, I I don't want to insult anybody that you know was writing this movie or the, the sorry this show because it was great. And I it just felt like it was these parts were written by like someone who was Korean and didn't necessarily know how like American actors act in American cinema or know how to write, you know, good English colloquial because you're right. It sounded very awkward. I thought all of the American scenes were so hilarious because yeah, uh, they brought in people who obviously were like American English actors. It felt like mm-hmm. they were like B-list actors though. Either, either it was either that or the parts that they were <laughs> written. It just felt so awkward and choppy. All the jokes were like so drawn out. Like there was the whole like 69 joke and the guy kept saying it over and over and over again. And by like the fifth time I was like, ha ha, really funny. <laughs> like <laughs> we, we get the point. Okay. Maybe it was kind of like to make fun of America. Like, oh, all Americans yeah. care about is violence and sex and blah, blah, blah. And of course it was like the Texan guy, right? The Southern yeah. guy that makes that joke. <laughs> so, but I, I mean, I thought that, uh, Overall, you know, some of the parts that were supposed to be serious where they were talking were kind of funny because it didn't sound like it was it was American. You know, it sounded like it was a foreign person that wrote it, trying to write what they thought Americans would say. And then American actors Mm -hmm. coming in and saying, all right, I guess we'll work with it. But some of the some of the examples of that is like uh, like the the Texan Southern guy, whatever. He'll like ask people, can I do this? And then people are like, sure, you can. Fine by me. And then like two seconds later that's all right with me. It's like, that's not how we say <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> Fine by me. He's all yours. He, he's um. all yours. <laughs> it's like, the guy would have like already been like, okay, let's go, you know, a few seconds ago, but people are still responding yeah. to him. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're not there for very long though. So didn't no, they're like, not, they're not. Um, but they, they, 
the front man he speaks english like toward the beginning right yeah he does. Of the show he just i don't know i remember what he says but it's just just some commands or whatever right so there was some english going on before then mm. yeah that yeah it's pretty funny though <laughs> um but the marble scene dude mm. or all the, the whole that whole game it's well i what what got me though was the whole the picking a teammate right and at this point you kind of realize that like the games are like not what they seem like they may they start somehow and you know that the way that they start what they ask you to do before the game starts is significant to how the game's about to be played right right like the red light green light everybody who is near the back you're basically going to lose completely or if you pick the umbrella like that's going to impact how you can uh cut the cookie out and so same thing with um this um you you would think okay well let's go back to teams because the last one was a team effort right like you you stuck with your team with the tug of war mm-hmm. but this is completely different now because now you have to pick someone that you trust right because that's what you think like okay i gotta pick the person that i would trust the most but then what you're really doing is sacrificing that person like are you would you be willing to sacrifice that person and then after you made that decision it's not really your choice whether you're you want to sacrifice them or not because it's going to happen right <laughs> like either yeah. way and and, that, and that set it up to be that tearjerker of an episode it was mm-hmm. especially with the uh the wife the husband and wife they were in, in mm-hmm. it together right and they thought okay well let's you know let's stick this out together and see what happens and then unfortunately he had to you know he won over his wife i guess in the marble game and that that took the toll on him you know he ended up taking his life and that you know that's hard to just like see right mm-hmm. um but that whole episode especially with uh, the the two girls and uh gihun and the old man and then even sangwoo and ali have like that kind of like kind of a special ish moment right but you know sangwoo in the back of his mind he's gonna get the upper hand right you, you're course. starting to see kind of his darker side you see a little bit earlier right like way earlier and it started to kind of manifest into like more of a tangible thing at that point. Mm-hmm. And so you start to see all that. So that's like all this crazy stuff happening. Right. Yeah. And then you start to get the kind of this with the weird stuff with the old man. Cause he's like pretending to have dementia or whatever, uh-huh. which was kind of suspicious. suspicious. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> right. Yeah. But you just feel bad for every single person in that episode. That yeah. whole time. You that just was, feel depressed. I think that was probably their strongest episode. Mm-hmm. And it had a great setup to it. And you're right. You know, up until that point, you had uh, the cookie game, then you had the tug of war game. And it really emphasized the importance of like sticking with your pack and the choice you're going to make before the game starts. So especially coming off the tug of war game, they think uh, and, you know, the gangster guy says it to his his team. He's like, these past games have usually been about like, who's the strongest, who's the fastest, you know a test of physical strength or, or wits. And so you want to team up with a partner that you think is going to win with you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Kayla and I were trying to guess what the game would be and what the strat would be. And we were thinking they haven't really done like a, a versus game yet. You know, a game where you play against somebody because a lot of childhood games are like that. You choose a friend. You're like, okay, let's, let's play against each other. You know, you're playing like cornhole or, or horseshoes or something like that. And uh, we kind of figured that it was going to be their downfall, choosing who they were closest with in the game up till that point. And of course, that's how it was. What a great Mm -hmm. setup, though, for a very sad episode, because every single person, like you said, has to kind of, you know, be the death of the person they were closest to in the game. And Mm -hmm. yeah, you really don't see it better than uh, the wife and 
the husband who, you know, he said that no matter what, he was going to stick by her side. It was, it angered me that he was the one that won. Obviously it did take a toll on him and he, and he took his life, like he said. But if, if it, I would hope that if it was like me and my wife, I would just like give the marbles to her and say, I, there's no way I could live with myself if I was the one that killed you. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is like, you this need is to go, go on, like go on yeah. for me. Right. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just a really tough situation. In any death game mm. where this is what's happening, it's a tough situation. You know that Song Wu is going to find a way to beat Ali, though. And it's so sad because Ali is such a great person. He's always been so kind and so giving. And I don't think he's necessarily stupid. I think that he's maybe a little bit gullible, but he just had such faith in Song Wu. Whenever Song Wu starts to come up with this harebrained scheme of like, you know, not every team is going to have a clear winner. They're going to have us like face other teams. We need to go find, mm-hmm. you know, people we might play against. So help me do that. Uh, Ali is fooled by this, but I think he's also just fooled by his trust in Song Wu. And that's mm-hmm. what's hardest to see because uh, Song Wu beats him knowing that Ali trusts him. And he used that to devious intent in order to win. And he doesn't even like have the, have the stones to, you know, see what he he did to Ali. He just walks out of the game and then he's like, Song Wu, Song Wu, and then Ali just dies. Song Wu doesn't even look back at him. He's just gone, mm-hmm. you know? And and that was tough to watch. But yeah. I think I think the saddest part was with the two girls because uh mm-hmm. we've been following Sabio for a little bit at this point. She's like one of the main cast. And uh we don't know much about this other girl who she, you know, chose to be with them for the tug of war game. And so this other girl is very like mild mannered and kind of just wants to talk. So she's like, look, we'll just play the game. We'll do like, we'll both do one thing at the end, but until then, let's just talk and get to know each other. And they just kind of sit down while everybody else is playing marbles and uh, they just talk. And then, you know, Sebio tells her story. The other girl tells her story, which is very unfortunate. You know, she's been abused all of her life. I think she even spent a lot of time in, in like a prison. And then whenever mm-hmm. she finally gets out, she just started playing the game. She's never really known anybody that's cared for her or never really had a friend. So, mm-hmm. uh, she kind of wants to talk to Sebio to become her friend, you know, to have at least one friend before she dies. And then, uh, of course they play their game, which is, they're just going to throw a marble at a wall and see who can throw it closest to the wall. But the other girl just like drops her marble. And so she never even had any intent of winning. She, you know, sacrifices herself because she's happy and, and, you know, likes this, this girl that she's gotten to know. And then, you know, you get the moment where, uh, she's walking away. The girl's like, thank you for playing with me. And then she just gets shot in the head. I, mm. that, that was the part that made me tear up a little bit. You know, there's mm. the sad part with Ali. And of course, after that, we get the whole scene with Gihun and the old man. But at that point I was already kind of tearing up because it, it's just so cool to see something so pure in a game that's all about death. And that was a yeah. really good job on the creators and, you know, the director's part to show that, that kind of clash of different, you know, emotions to make you feel something. Mm-hmm. Um, but that whole like scene just with them like sharing their like their past and like finally talking about their names with each other, right? Mm-hmm. And she's just like, Oh, that's a pretty name. And she's gotten that a couple of times, like, oh, that's a really nice name, right? But um, yeah, like that whole like building up the emotion between them and then finally like she has no intention of winning and she's just telling her, like, please just try, like she's like, Well, I only have one marble, like I'm not gonna win the game, like even if I did try, she's like, just please just do it. <laughs> right. Cause she has no intention of winning. And yeah, uh, just her feeling happy for the fact that she made a friend was enough for her to feel, to feel like she was fulfilled with her life. 
Mm -hmm. she was young, right? Like she's, you know, portrayed as a young character. So like she didn't really have that much life. She was in prison and then got out and then this was it. (laughs) Yep. And that was enough for her to feel like, you know what? I'm okay with this. Yeah. And then, you know, I don't know. That's, I don't know. That's hard to think about. It is. It's in the feels for sure. I know. Um, but I don't know. She, she had like the most unfair kind of death, honestly. Yes. Well, the, uh, say Bianca, she had like the most unfair death with the, with the glass impaling her. Like that was, that was like a, I don't know, seemed like a, like a plot device just to like definitely get the main character to win (laughs) sooner. That angered me so much. All right. So I'll have to talk a little bit about the scene where the glass is breaking though. That was awesome. You know, you get that slow bow and the drums are playing, uh, you know, like Whiplash. I'm sure you've seen that movie, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you have like mm-hmm. those intense like drum moments. I felt like that uh, that drum uh, movement that was playing was like from Whiplash or something. It was so intense and it's really slowed down. You see the glass like shattering. And of course, a piece impales itself in her stomach. So she's like basically done with. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that did felt that I felt really cheesy. Not even cheesy, just, you know, like a plot device. Like you said, it, it, it felt like that that was a uh, unfaithful to the rest of the show almost like that shouldn't have happened uh mm-hmm. and it did it did set up like i said earlier it, it did set up the scene where song woo kind of puts her out of her misery by killing her and that's a great motivation for gi hoon but you know at the same time you didn't have to have the glass impale her you could have just had song woo like kill just her just kill her in her sleep yeah yeah i mean but, that, that would have been just as normal mm-hmm. i think but i mean i don't know um because they have that whole like where they got that beast or whatever at the end mm-hmm. and uh, i guess they thought it was a game <laughs> so they're like trying to eat like eat their uh their steak faster than each other or whatever but you know at that moment she was like eating really slowly because she was like and like super in pain from what was going on yeah right she had no appetite she was basically about to die <laughs> mm-hmm. and they were to let her die i think they were gonna help her the Oh yeah, game people. No, they didn't yeah. care. She would have just been eliminated, and you know, whenever, whenever I th- saw, because uh, you have the moment where she does die, and whenever I saw the people coming in with the box, I thought she had just died of natural causes at first. You know, I, mm-hmm. I was kind of naive to think that. And you, you see, you know, Song Wu standing over her body, and you realize, oh man, he killed her. Oh yeah, that makes you mad, dude. That makes you uh-huh. mad. Like you're just as mad as Gihun. So yeah, right. on on the other hand, it's good that she was injured because. You as as uh, the audience does think she's gonna die anyway, but seeing that he's so savage at that point that he didn't even let her die like in peace, he had to go end it for her because he's like, well, just eliminate the competition. Then you're furious, right? And then mm-hmm. you you it connects you more to Gihun in the final fight. It's like added stakes. So that mm-hmm. was a good choice in that aspect, but I didn't like the way it happened. Yeah. Um, but that that whole thing does make that whole fight scene at the very end like awesome. Right. Mm -hmm. Where they're just like two friends. And it's funny because it's like they're childhood friends, right? They've done this before. Like Like they've played played the squid game before as children. Yeah. Yeah. So they've been playing these games. But um, at the beginning, he talks about how Gihun like always wins. Like he was saying stuff like that. Uh Like he always, this is a game that he was like always good at. Um, So I guess it was fitting that he he still won, I guess. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like that whole, like I don't even understand what the, the point of the game was they just like beat each other up from what I could tell. Right. <laughs> it kind of, it kind of devolved. And I was so angry too, because as they were like beating each other up, I think that Gihun's point was to like, he, if he got to the head of the squid, like the circle, he won. 
and Song Wu had to like defend and make sure he didn't do that or push him out of the square, you know, and they just start throwing punches. Gi-hoon even has a f- like many opportunities just to like stop fighting Song Wu and just run to the head and win the game. But mm-hmm. at this point, I guess they're so consumed by rage, both of them, that all they can do is slug it out. Mm-hmm. It kind of, it, it disappointed me a little that it, obviously they, they say, okay, we're about to play the squid game. Here are the rules. I was like, yeah, it's not really going to yeah, matter. Right. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, they're actually right. going to play the squid game, you know? So I, I was like, might as well just make it like draw a circle and say, it's time to fight gladiator, grad- yeah. gladiatorial style, <laughs> just you know? battle to, to the, the death. death. That's what you're gonna, yeah, that's what happened. So uh-huh. like, you might as well just do that. Right. Um, yeah, but it was pretty powerful just watching that whole thing mm-hmm. go, go down. Um, but I think this is back to what you brought up from my notes is that, you know, Gihun really didn't ever kill anybody, right? And even to the point where Songwoo was like on his deathbed, just on the ground, you know, he could end it, but he doesn't. You know, he like he was about to let the, the Squid Game people, henchmen, just, you know, end it right there. But mm-hmm. then he tried, even then, he's still like, I mean, he's my childhood friend. I know what he did and I hate that, but I'm, he's like, I'm just tired of seeing people die. You know, he's at that yeah. point. He's like, I, I just want to try to save my old friend, and I mean, he doesn't really get that either. And then Kasang was like, I'm not, I'm, I'm out of here, boys, and <laughs> he just, <laughs> yeah. ends it, he just ends it himself. Uh huh. Um, but that's so interesting with the with Gihun's character is how compassionate he is about everybody, right? How like trust, how much trust he puts into people, even in a point where like you're at the lowest low, right? Everybody's at their lowest low, and he still goes out of his way to show compassion and try to help as many people as he can, even though they're in this battle Royale game and mm-hmm. he doesn't do anything nefarious really until like the marble game. But I mean, it doesn't really count because the old man doesn't count either. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah exactly. he doesn't, he doesn't do anything like truly nefarious as uh-huh. any other people to try to get ahead. Right. He like wins in the most like fair way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, that even goes toward when he, uh, gets back home right he, he gets his hair cut and he finally sees the old man and they have that whole thing but he's about to go see his daughter in america right he's about to get on the plane but then he sees another person who's about to like go into the squid game and he's like no i can't i can't allow that to happen so he steals the car from the guy and then calls them and they're like what 496 whatever you can't you can't come to the don't don't do this just get on the plane and He's just like, I'm going to turn around like I like I love my daughter, but I think it's more important that I save as many lives as I possibly can. Like he's willing mm-hmm. to try to like go and dismantle this whole thing um, in, in spite of like his daughter being there, having a present for her and everything. Which sets up season two, I guess. Right. Yeah. I mean, because I was like, how else are they going to set up season two? Like it's over. <laughs> right. Um, but I guess him going back to try to like be the person to, you know take the squid game away so maybe it won't be like a whole battle royale kind of thing like this one was it'll be more of like a take down the man kind of kind of story arc um but i i thought that was really like awesome in terms of like his character development like or him as a character like he stays true to what he is and he doesn't deviate from that like ever i mean he has a couple moments where he kind of does but he kind of regrets it and he feels awful for any kind of like bad thing that he does and you Mm -hmm. see that I feel like it's really hard to keep a character pure through like a battle royale death game because we've seen mm-hmm. plenty in the past, you know, like Hunger Games. I've even seen uh, the original battle royale, the J- Japanese movie, and 
normally it has some kind of corruption of the main character where they do take a life or they like sacrifice some of their principles in order to like save someone or win the game right something like that mm -hmm. and it's so difficult to keep the character pure but they did that with gihun and they did it in a way that was convincing so i agree mm -hmm. too it, it was very cool to see his character development and his character arc come through to the very end and still have his central morals like intact basically so much yeah. so to the point where he doesn't even want to use the money and instead of like uh, going and living his life, he, he can't just, you know, allow the games to continue. He's got to go stop them. So mm -hmm. it was, I, I knew it was probably going to build up to that point. I, as a viewer though, I wanted him to get on the plane because you want him to have like the happy ending. You want him to go and finally like show his daughter that he's not this disappointment. He can actually be there for her and mm -hmm. you know, all of that. But yeah, for season two, what else are you going to do? He's going to go back to the game <laughs> and I mean, it did make a lot of sense. He could have went to America for like two days and come back. That's that's and I don't know. You know <laughs> maybe he, he just he couldn't stop himself from going back because, you know, you think about what has probably been on his mind for like the last year. He's just been kind yeah, of slumming it friends. up. Yeah, yeah. Like all the all the friends that he lost, all the blood that was spilt. Uh I guess that his intent to stop the game was was so much that he couldn't even see his daughter for a couple of days just because mm -hmm. of what was on his mind. And none of us have really been in a situation where, like him, no, I mean, I don't think anybody can say they've been in a situation exactly like his. Uh, probably some veterans from war are kind of like that, where they just kind of stew on this, this, tr this tragic event that happened in their past. Mm -hmm. So it would, it's even like almost like an allegory for that. It's hard for him to return to civilian life or even go back and see his daughter when he's been through such trauma. What else can he do but return and maybe try to save people from going through the same thing that he did. So mm -hmm. it was kind of poetic, but you're right. I wish maybe just for a couple of days, he could have been like, Hey, I'm still here. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, he I, bought her a present. It was probably yeah. like this really nice. Like he's like, cause at that point he was starting to use the money. Right. Cause he had a nice suit on. He got a mm -hmm. nice haircut and dyed his hair. He started to give money back to uh Sangu's mom. And he went mm -hmm. to uh, get the kid, uh, say Biok's uh, brother from the orphanage and get him a home right i thought that was great and, that he went and yeah he, he fulfilled his promise to her because whenever she's mm -hmm. dying on her on her cot she's like can you please you know get my 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 uh, brother out you know help him and he's like of course i will so he fulfills that promise yeah he does i mean he he goes and fixes everything for everybody except mm -hmm. i don't know ali i don't know if he ever like does he fix that give money no, to i guess the wife. maybe he didn't really know ali as well as like song Wu did so mm -hmm. he wasn't really equipped to do that but i'm sure if ali had like told him or like made a request of him he would have probably fulfilled it right yeah. he's gihun you know <laughs> yeah he's the guy because even in um the very like end scene where the old man starts to you know talk about his involvement with the whole game and i guess i guess he was just basically trying to say like you know, people at the end of the day are just really selfish, right? Mm -hmm. I guess, I guess that was his, his weird moral. And he was That's like, kind of, I guess, if, what his monologue if, was supposed to be. Yeah, like if no one helps that guy out there, then I win. And then if someone does, then you win. And then mm -hmm. Yuhun like wagers all of his money, basically, right? That someone will help that guy. Mm -hmm. And someone does, right? But the old man dies right before he could see that he lost. Or right. see that, see that humanity has like, actually like have some hope right yeah which is kind of sad for the old man you know he dies as a cynic but would he really have changed his mind anyway i mean i think no. that the show's just trying to tell you that this is a man who's very set in his ways and him dying is almost like the final act of defiance uh towards like his view on the world like nothing would have changed his view so mm -hmm. uh him dying before he sees that very is very fitting with his character and his mindset mm-hmm 
it's really sad that you don't get that he ended up having to be evil right like he had to yeah. be like a bad guy and you kind of start to realize that's kind of he has some he has something going on right but i don't know because he seemed like kind of like a like a nice just weird old man mm-hmm. <laughs> at the very beginning you're like okay like you could like this character but then it it's just like it puts a bitter taste in your mouth at the very end like knowing all yeah. this stuff but then but it puts you in gihun's shoes like you know wow this guy's the guy who like basically made this good game you know like he, yep. he's like super involved and one of the head honchos probably an old he's an old timer he's been there he's been been around the block a couple of times mm-hmm. and it just puts a bad taste in your mouth and and makes it like the main character like that's how you feel and you feel the same way yeah and i thought that that was a good choice but it did it did definitely put a bad taste that i'm still kind of bitter about it because i was sad when uh they were playing marbles and the old man ends up losing and he goes on like a little monologue at the very end of the game where he says some really you know sweet things and they've they're like gongbu right best friends and it's sad to see the old man die and I know plenty, you know, people on social media saying how they shed tears for the old man. Then at the end, they're like, I shouldn't have wasted my tears. But it's definitely a good show that mm-hmm. uh, can make you sad and make you angry about like the same character. <laughs> yeah. So the, the writing choice, I think it was predictable, but it was still a good choice. And mm-hmm. then uh, going sure. back to uh, whenever the old man voted to not continue the game. Whenever you realize he was basically the mastermind of the game, it makes a lot of sense, especially when he goes on his monologue. Because the way he's trying to justify it to Gi-hoon, he says, uh, y'all didn't have to play the game. At any point, you could have voted to leave the game. In fact, you did leave the game, and most of you ended up coming back. He's like, you wanted to play my game. Never did you ever get robbed of your free choice, your free will. And Mm -hmm. the fact that he voted to have them leave is in line with his beliefs. There's... If he was the, the final vote, which he was, and he voted to have them stay, then he is imposing his will. The creator of the game is imposing his will on the people playing his game to stay in his game. So mm-hmm. uh, with his principles, what other choice could he have made other than to vote no, right? And, exactly, and yeah. let them have the chance to reconsider. And I, you know, you, once you see the logbooks, uh, when the detective goes and he's looking at the past games, you can see that this game has been being played for years, maybe even decades. Uh, I'm pretty sure the old man was also very confident that they were all, you know, mostly all of them were going to come back anyway. So mm-hmm. him voting no makes a lot of sense once he's mm-hmm. revealed as the mastermind. Yeah. I mean, he's probably seen this over and over and over again, right? Mm-hmm. He's, this probably has happened. Um, well, I mean, this is the first time he's ever played in the game, right? Right. Because um, he's number one. So they put him in and he has a little one thing, and he, which also makes sense why he's one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So he, he knows exactly who would they would come back and all that stuff. But yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about that, how that is aligned in his character. And if he would say no, then that's him basically saying, no, you have no free will. I am choosing to put you here forever. Right. And you have to play my game. So that's interesting. Um, what I thought was kind of weird. Well, not weird, but like a weird choice, I guess. <laughs> Why Gi-hoon decided to dye his hair pink? Was there, was there a reason? Oh, that. uh, yeah. Did so someone say like I, I, I was like, that's an odd choice. Uh-huh. Like, y- you, you didn't look anything like that, and then you just like, I, I mean, whatever. More power to you, man. But <laughs> I, was like, why, I thought, why, I thought it was weird too. Choice? But like, was there a reason? Like, did someone was it like hinted somewhere before that that like he was gonna do that or what? Yeah. So, uh, Kaylin, you know, she's on TikTok and she's seen a lot of TikToks about Squid Game. Mm-hmm. So she was curious too. And she did end up seeing a TikTok. I think they did an interview with uh, the writer or the creator of the show. Mm-hmm. 
And he said, it's very simple. Gihun dyes his hair red because he's angry. It's like supposed to symbolize his wrath at, uh, you know, what he's been through, how it angry pink. he was. It didn't look red. It looked pink. Well, that's what they, I mean, pink, red, you know, they, but basically that's, that's what he said on record. You know, it's just supposed to show that he's enraged. It, it was that simple. <laughs> was that black and white? Like, oh, red hair. So now red is fire, angry. Right. But it's yeah. like pink. That's like, it's like bubblegum pink. Like, was, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was like happy, like, all right, it's pink now. And I gotta, like, it didn't seem like, okay, angry, fiery red. Like that's like a deep red would have been uh-huh. that kind of color. And, and so there, I mean, there are plenty of other theories too. I, I think that some people also didn't want to, really want to accept that explanation. <laughs> so yeah, they, they've all had like their own ways of uh, making it into some sort of symbolism to me. Well, it's on record, dude. It's on record. Yeah, so it's on record. Can't. So that that's the canon. You can't really <laughs> say it's anything other than that. If the writer says that's what it is, but uh, without knowing that whenever I first watched it to me I just thought it symbolized like a shift in Gihun's life character like, yeah yeah like he was breaking out of that slump he was in he was breaking out of like the the terrible situation he was in before mm-hmm. the game and to symbolize like a rebirth basically he was going to do something he'd never done before and dye his hair red which is like this crazy shocking color that everyone's gonna like look at him and you know it, it symbolizes how he's changed through the game that's all I thought it was mm-hmm that that's kind of the line of thinking that I had as well. Uh, but I don't know. Did I just like not look at it right? It looked pink to me. It, it did. Look, it did look pretty pink. I mean, it I was like pink. It's like red, reddish pink. I, don't, I wouldn't even say reddish pink. Like it was just like pink, pink. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. Just like pink. Yeah, I don't know. Like a hot pink. It's, it's like uh, one of those situations where in poetry, sometimes a tree is just a tree. So yeah, I guess, I mean, I that's, guess what that's it was basically that's how it was in this case too. <laughs> According to the director, that's how it was. So, yeah. or the writer, but yeah, interesting. I thought that was just like a, okay. Like I, was there like some other symbolism I, I missed with like that color while uh-huh. he decided that, but whatever. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not sure if I even caught that. Um, but anything else, Zach, do you have anything else to add? Uh, yeah, I mean this. It's, I thought it was cool that this show basically became like a global phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were, I, I've seen some uh, interviews and articles about it, and the creators only expected it to be like a big hit over in Korea and like the, mm-hmm. the Asian areas. They didn't really advertise it much in the U.S. There's been a lot of like organic advertisement through TikTok, especially through Twitter. And mm-hmm. it shot up to like number one in the U.S. within the first week, and it's been going strong ever since. So yeah. it is, it is cool that so many people are getting invested in like foreign cinema and you know, this isn't necessarily cinema. This is a TV show, but it was a cinema like quality, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of money obviously went into this and Netflix won huge on this show, but also we as a public kind of won because we got to see something that's like culturally significant that normally uh, foreign you know, entertainment doesn't really make it big in America. You know, anime is mm-hmm. big here. And we kind of have seen like uh, an uprising of Korean film because Parasite, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of that movie. Mm-hmm, yeah. It, it won like a lot of American awards here and was a big hit here. And I actually watched Parasite and it's a pretty good movie. So I recommend mm-hmm. anybody if you haven't seen it to go see that. Uh, but that director also directed Snowpiercer, which is one of my mm-hmm. top three favorite movies of all time. So uh, it's cool to see that since I already knew that Korean cinema and just Korean entertainment in general has a lot of potential that now it's being kind of mainstream accepted uh, all throughout the U.S. even. It's always cool to see something like that. You know, we always talk about how Monster Hunter was a niche thing for us until now it became like a mainstream thing. It always brings mm-hmm. its downsides, but it's cool that something that was kind of like 
something that you enjoyed that not many other people did becomes something that is a hit amongst a lot of people. Cause now you can yeah, share sure. in that, in that enjoyment mm-hmm. of it with more people. So the, the fact that squid game has become so big is kind of cool. I think that it's become a little bit too big at this point though. I don't know. It's like pretty hyped now, you know, and yeah. social media and just in general, they're talking about how, uh, for Halloween, there's definitely going to be like the Squid Game so, craze. Yeah, henchmen people. <laughs> right, you're going to see so many people dressed up as the henchmen, and, and everyone's going to be in their jumpsuit saying like four, five, six, or you know, zero, one. All that, all those numbers are going to be on their on their jackets. So, and mm-hmm. even I thought that would be fun, but you know, now I'm thinking, nah, everyone's yeah, going to do it. So, yeah, everybody's going to do it. <laughs> right. But things like if everybody thinks everyone's going to do it, then no one's going to do it. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could um, go that way. But yeah, I like what you said. This gets me more interested in like going out of my way to go watch some other international stuff that I'm missing, right? Like mm-hmm. good entertainment that I'm just like not watching because it's in a different language. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I mean, anime is like one thing, but then like watching a live action, like maybe a drama or like whatever, um, just a TV series that's in a different language that I'm not used to watching. Because I, I mean, I don't really go out of my way to watch anything really, but right, right. Um, but enjoying something like this and seeing how invested I kind of was in the story and just seeing the great acting and the like, you know, great production quality. That's literally an- anywhere. Like, right. So, um, like why not go out of the way to go watch and talk about different international TV shows or movies that are happening, right. Some mm-hmm. new stuff. So that opens my eyes to more possibilities. I could be that I'm missing out on, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, well, maybe we'll, we'll do something new soon. Maybe <laughs> talk about something, something completely different. Yeah, maybe so. It'll, it'll be cool to kind of see what else is out there because just like you, you know, I've seen some foreign stuff, but not a whole lot. And I know that there's many, many highly rated movies and shows out there that I haven't even tried out because you're like, ah, I got to read the subtitles or it's not in a language I understand, so I won't really connect with it. But sometimes that's the great thing about it. You know, you see a lot of the same stuff now, uh, especially here in America. Sometimes it's good to have like a, a taste of another culture, even if it's through like some fictional story. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Well, I think we covered all the big, the big hits in there. Yep. I would agree. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good place to end it. Zach, what do you, what do you think about that? I think that's prime boyo. Prime boyo. All right. Well, I'll see y'all for next week. And thank you, Zach. Uh, with that, I'll see you next time. All right. See you.